This is a review from No Co Lady. And she says, I'm all in on Revelation Wellness. I've recommended this podcast to just about everyone I know. Revving the Word makes each workout a joy. I never thought I'd say that I get to work out, but it's becoming true. I string several Be Still and Be Loved segments together as I'm winding down for the evening. I'm being healed from the inside out, slowly but surely. No quick fixes but so worth the effort. Thank you, Elisa, for your vision. Thank you, Team Revelation Wellness, for coming alongside. I'm starting instructor training soon with Platoon 26 and can't wait to see what God will do. Okay, No Call Lady, you just won a Love Greater Than Fear package, so be sure to reach out to info at revelationwellness.org. Let us know. We read your podcast review on the air, and we'll send that package out to you. Everyone, let's make a deal. Today, if you've never left a review, would you be so kind to do that? It is a priceless thing to us because it tells iTunes that this podcast matters to you, that you are receiving something of value, and then that's how other people find it. So we don't often say this every week, but where anytime you hear us doing testimonials, you can leave us those quick testimonial reviews on the podcast. Plus, it's so great because anyone can find this podcast. It's free and one of our ways that we just reach out to love you, train you, because love is heavy. We got to train it. So leave a review today. Would you do that? And if you leave a review, if it gets read on the air, you too will win a Love Greater Than Fear package. All right. Today, we have a revving the word for you, as always, on a Monday. Let's get our bodies moving shaking free from the things that hinder and tie us down. Remember, as you move your body, your mind is renewing. The hippocampus, the chemistry in your brain starts to release and all the resources and equipment you need to restructure and organize your brain in a healthy and whole way with a brain that is saying, I am interested in who God is and what I'm living for because of who he is. Remember, the wellness world is gonna be out there talking these same truths because these are things we know. Neuroplasticity is a real thing. Neurogenesis is a real thing. We can transcend our pain and suffering through some of these practices, but y'all hear me when I say, it's not the point. We are not the point. The gospel is for us, but not about us. And we will endure suffering, which means persecution. People aren't always going to love you and like you, but you will be strong and courageous to continue to do the work of a love that is patient and a love that is kind and a love that endures because one day you will take your last breath. What are we doing this for? One day this body will roll itself up. What then? Christ. Every knee will bow. So remember that, please keep it about him, make it about him. Don't get lost in the weeds of self, quote, improvement and bettering ourself for self's sake. Better it for selflessness because love gives away even when it doesn't have. All right, you guys are amazing. Thanks for letting me coach you again on a Monday morning and I will be talking to you soon. Thank you donors. Thank you monthly partners for how you make this podcast possible and more people just like Nelco Lady 
is go are going to be blessed by this. We love you guys. Thanks again. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Everyone take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose. Exhale. <sighs> Do that a few times. Inhale through the nose. Exhale with an audible ha. <sighs> now maybe shake your hands a bit. Shake your, sh like wiggle your arms like wet noodles. Yeah. Maybe even bop up and down a bit. I call that a good rinse. Be excited to be here. Be expectant to be here. God wants to do a new thing today. Amen. What we look for, we find. Ask, seek, and knock, Jesus says. Ask. Yeah. Seek, you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open. Ask, and it's given. That's a great promise. So God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for not staying far away from us, but for coming close and near to us. As near as our breath. Help us to recognize that is how close you are to us. Let's take another breath. Good. If you get all wound up in your head today, you get lost in a moment, come back to your breath. Intentional, focused breath. So God, you're welcome here to do whatever you want to do. Have your way. Change our structure and organization of our brain. Turn our hearts towards the affections of yours. Give our soul joy. Return to our souls joy. Help us to see everything through the lens of joy. An assurance that you are who you say you are and will do what you said you will do. And strengthen these feeble bodies, Lord. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust you with our body's ability. We trust you with our aches and pains. We trust you and surrender our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna do some intervals today. Right now on a scale of one to 10, I want you to feel like you're about a seven, six, seven. You're definitely moving your body. You're not a passenger. You are involved. So keep it at a seven, please. In the fading light, collide, okay, so last time we were together, we were in Second Chronicles 32. I love Chronicles. I've just been absorbing it, sitting in it. 
it's a good review of Israel's history under kings. Kings that would come, kings that would go. And a few revving the words back, we got to enjoy King Hezekiah. Everything's going well for Hezekiah. He restores the temple worship. People are coming, making their offerings to God. They're returning to God under Hezekiah's leadership. Yes, Lord, more that. And then we see as things are going well and prospering with Hezekiah, because scripture said that back in chapter 31, verse 21, every work that he undertook in the service of the house of God and in accordance with the law and the commandments, seeking his God, Hezekiah did with all his heart and he prospered with all his heart and he prospered. Hezekiah wasn't divided. I love that quote by Elizabeth Elliot that says, you can't give God your heart and keep your body too. Come on. Hezekiah was all in, prospering. And then Sennacherib shows up. Last time we were together, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, shows up, threatens God's people. And I told you, as soon as you make traction in the right direction, as soon as you rise to do the work, there will be an attack. You guys, this is gold. I'm giving you I'm telling you a secret to success. So you're not surprised when these trouble times come. Adversity is spoken. Not you. You are aware. Oh, I must be going in the will of the Lord. <laughs> because you rose, you awakened the sleeping, proud, and dumb giant. So Sennacherib shows up and starts to harass God's people. But Hezekiah, in 32, chapter 32, 1 through 8, we see him just getting right to work. He didn't have to tear his clothes, go into a fast, cry. He got right into a strategy, setting people outside the city, setting up his men, raising up towers on broken walls. He basically strengthened. He strengthened himself in the Lord and his territory. Verse 6 says, he set combat commanders over the people, gathered them together, encouraging them, saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria, for there is more with us than with him. 
With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. So that's when we left off. But today, <laughs> I want you to know this. The enemy does not give up easily. He is a brat. He is a pain. He is a thorn. He is a whiner. He's a complainer. He's a fountain of grief. Grumbling. So, today we're going to get after the tactics that the enemy uses. Are you facing any circumstance right now? <laughs> any worry, fear, concern about what you're facing? Well, take heart. You're about to leave here with a strategy. Verse 9. After this, meaning after Hezekiah just told his people, don't be afraid. God's on our side. Here's what happens. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, who was besieging Lachish with all his forces, sent his servants to Jerusalem, to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Sennacherib, king of Israel, Assyria. Now this is, king, this is Sennacherib's words. He's declaring, On what are you trusting that you endure the siege in Jerusalem? Is not Hezekiah misleading you that he may give you over to die by famine and by thirst when he tells you, quote, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of king of Assyria, end quote. Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, quote, before one altar you shall worship and on it you shall burn sacrifice, quote, end quote. Do you not know what I, my fathers, have done to all the peoples of other lands were the gods of the nations of those lands at all able to deliver their lands out of my hand? <laughs> Who among all the gods of those nations that my fathers devoted to destruction was able to deliver his people from my hand? Accelerate. Bigger breath, bigger breath, come on. Drop your shoulders, open your heart, smile. <laughs> Confuse your flesh. Five, four, three, two, pull back. Come back to a seven or an eight. King of Syria still talking. This is the enemy, listen to his voice. Verse 15, he says, Now therefore, 
do not let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you in this fashion. And do not believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the land of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you out of my hand? Quote, an enemy. All right, guys, do you see it? Sennacherib, an idolater, a pagan worshiper, a man who had no intention of honoring, serving, and worshiping or knowing God and enjoying Him, comes against God's people. His first tactic, back in 10, verse 10, is doubt. He starts with doubt. Is not Hezekiah misleading you that he may give you over to die by famine and by thirst when he tells you the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? The enemy starts with doubt. It's what he did in the garden. You guys, if we can deal with doubt, if we can get our doubts to line up and be inspected upon their appearance, we would live free. Accelerate eight. If you wanna go over it, one minute, push. doubting where are your doubts what are you saying that sounds like doubt what are you listening to that sounds like doubt I said one minute don't stop come on you're there in five, four, three, two, and pull back. Good job. Doubt. Now hear me. Doubt, having doubt, is not a sin. You're going to have it. I want you to go ahead and settle into a pace that's moderate where your hippocampus is teeming with new brain cells, pumping them out. And here's what you're going to tell those new brain cells, these little place neurons of thought. Here's what you're going to tell them. Doubt is going to show up. Take it captive. 
when doubt shows up, we take it captive. You know how we do that first? Check your history. Check your history. Hezekiah was bringing blessings. He had fruit. So the enemy comes up and he has no ground to stand on other than our flesh. He hates faith. He hates that you would believe that God would do it again. Right? He's inciting God's people. Starts, we start to see him tout his track record of how he has conquered other nations. But that doesn't matter. This is our nation. We are God's people. <laughs> doubt will always start with doubt and doubt is always based on a lie that you are missing out verse 12 Hezekiah says has not this same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, for one altar you shall worship, and on it you shall worship, burn sacrifice. You see what he's doing? Hezekiah is trying to say, Hezekiah has made your world really small. You only get one place to worship. Look at all these places that I get to worship doubt gets you to think the grass is greener. I'm going to go quiet and I want you to get honest about the places you are tempted to think it would be better if only. If this happens, then I'll be satisfied. Those are rooted in doubt that God is not faithful or good or worth it. I love the title of this song, Back in My Body. Feeling what you're feeling, but knowing what you know. The enemy will always come and say, you're so small-minded. You don't know what I know. Don't you know what I and my fathers have done to all the people of other lands? That's a threat. Don't you know how I have won in these places? You guys, this is so true. Because I'll give you a real fact story. The enemy, he gloats. His glory is gloating on when 
he gets one. When somebody is taken captive by lies and he can kill, still and destroy their life. He loves that. For example, I have a friend. Everyone go to an eight. Try to maintain an eight. I have a friend who lost her son, young son. He took his own life. Now, this should not be shocking, church. Gosh. But by grace, go all of us. And she was a good mom, right? She did everything that you could think to do. And so it leaves us scratching our head, going, what? Right? It messes our formula up of, well, if I'm faithful, then God will do his part. <laughs> not realizing that his ways are not our ways. Now, did God orchestrate that death? No, he's not the author of death. Did God sign off on it? Yes. Sovereignty. And this will offend us. Sovereignty. If you try to know why, you are playing judgment seat. And that is a seat we cannot hold. Only God. So, whenever I see my children struggle with something, you know, it can be anything. How quick we are. A hangnail. We think destruction. We're just overly sensitive because we over-identified with pain more than the one who is our pleasure. We've over-identified. So doubt shows up when the enemy gloats and threatens because of things he's done to others. I believe that before the night is over, Pull back to a seven. With a Somebody's gonna leave this is why it's important. You keep good company. Keep good company. This is your last working song with me. And then we will pull down. So threats. Threats, they're based on evidence of something. Doubt, just kind of an idea. He will always doubt good. That's why many of you doubt. Oh, I can't be a fitness teacher, gospel preacher. Oh, I can't lead that Bible study. Oh, I, I'm not called to speak. I'll never, oh no, I don't write. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Doubt is for preschoolers. You need to mature. Grow up. Doubt, that's preschool for the enemy. Threat, he starts to turn it up. Accelerate. 
Okay, pull back, pull back, nice and steady. A threat, that'll get your amygdala fired up. It's the place of fight, flight, or freeze. It's your old brain, your old self operated in your limbic brain young brain threat accelerate come on break away set your sight on God. <laughs> yes. He is way more interesting, more beautiful, more marvelous. Come on, friends. Go to a nine. Go to a ten. Pull back. You can walk. You can stand still, march in place. And get a load of this. Verse 17. <laughs> this insecure enemy. He decided they're still not believing me. So he wrote letters to cast contempt on the Lord and speak against him. <laughs> he produced evidence, right? Some of you, as soon as you get going, you see someone's post, you get a text, and there it is in black and white of why you should fear or think that you're a fool. Come on. He wrote letters to cast contempt. You guys, let's just wear the enemy out. Wear him out. Eventually, like a two-year-old with a tantrum, he'll take a nap. He'll go away. Accelerate. Nine. Come on, lose yourself. Break the barrier. Settle back into eight. And I really don't know what to do. 
Come on. I'm going to stop talking and you're just going to start praising. Because instead of sitting here, spending all of our brain energy, devising our strategy, your best strategy is to worship. Just turn it all over. Throw your hands up in the air. You know, with your hands up in the air, it's that posture of under arrest. Uh-huh. You are under the arrest of the Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way, God. Lift your head. Open your face. He is who he says he is. He will do what he said he will do. You are no longer an orphan or a slave. You are his child. Come on. moderate level of activity now now listen here's the cool thing you guys when we move our body you are gathering up all the resources all the things that are needed for neuroplasticity it's true all those chemicals you just released and engaged with they are connected to the ability to change the structure, function, organization of your brain. And your brain, listen, it's for you. It has done a good job at keeping you safe. 
but we weren't meant for a brain that keeps us safe, but a renewed mind and a renewed mind knows to live is Christ, to die is gain. They know that you know that you live in step with the spirit, not your body flesh. I show up here every week to train your spirit. That is the verb of God. All the doing, all the action of God is the role of the Holy Spirit. It's the forgotten God. We've forgotten Him. The reason you have breath, the reason you can think an optimistic thought, because you know God, it's His Spirit. It's His Spirit. Yeah. So when we move our body, the brain kicks out these chemicals, acetylcholine, epinephrine, serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine. And like Bob the Builder, they get to work. Their job is literally to say, what do you want to build today? And now if you don't have a plan for them, they will keep building what you've always built. But if you tell them, tear down, tear down, set up no trespassing zones. We don't go down the lie, we don't go down the path of doubt anymore. We don't go down that path of playing into the enemy's threats. You start shutting those down and building up the path of faith. That's what's happening when you move your body. Now listen, those, those workers show up, but it's in the rest, the stillness, that neuroplasticity actually happens. You can have all the tools, all the resources, you can buy all the parts, but if you don't rest, you won't get the full benefit of the remodel you just put the sweat equity in for. We no longer give in to threat. The enemy will write his letters. He will try to show you some proof don't believe it. Another tactic that Sennacherib uses in verse 18, it says, and they shouted it, meaning his people, the enemy's army shouted with a loud voice in the language of Judah to the people of Jerusalem, who were on the wall to frighten and terrify them in order that they may take the city. The voice will get louder. That accusation will get louder. Don't be surprised. 
You know what this sometimes shows up as? The herd syndrome. The they syndrome. When we say, well, they said that you can't do that. You know what they think? <laughs> you know what they want? Who, who are they? Who are these they? Uh-uh. So to review, the enemy shows up first with doubt, getting you to doubt yourself and your God. Then he'll throw down a threat, something of evidence. Like he'll draw me back to my friend who lost their child. And he'll make me think of that evidence and it threatens my security and my trust in God. No. And when you don't back down, don't be surprised when a they shows up, <laughs> that it gets a little louder. But listen, verse 20, then Hezekiah the king and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, prayed because of this and cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of Assyria. So he returned with shame on his face to his own land. And when he came into the house of his God, little G God, some of his own sons struck him down with the sword. What did Hezekiah do? He prayed and cried to heaven. Isn't it kind of the Lord to make our yoke so easy and light? But it frustrates our flesh because our flesh goes, that can't be enough. It can't be enough just to pray and cry to the Lord. Sounds pretty immature to me. Shouldn't I have a better plan than that, Lord? We don't do that anymore. Those aren't our plans anymore. It doesn't work. It only serves to build the enemy's camp with our flesh. Pray. Seek his face. Be found in the temple. If I'm going down, I'm going to be found in the temple. If it's my last day, I'm going to be found in the temple. <laughs> there is no better place to be. Cry out to your Lord. Be found in the shelter of his wing. And the Lord sends an angel. Come on. Here's the great thing about Hezekiah. Hezekiah prayed and cried to heaven. The cool thing is that he could do that because everything in his house, in his land, was in order. So his prayers were standing on something. His obedience in action is not just faith in words. 
Do you get it? He didn't have to sit there and go, oh no, I should have done that and I didn't do that. I sought, I sought someone else's counsel. I made the yoke heavy for someone else. Everything was in order in his house so that he could just run to the temple and pray and cry out. Because what else are you going to do? You do what you know God has told you to do, and that's all you can do. Then everything else is on Him. Lift your hands and worship Him. Everyone stand still and breathe. I'm going to go. I'm done for the day. Neuroplasticity. Right now, God, heal our brains. Heal our hearts. We give ourselves completely to you. Our hearts, our bodies, our abilities, our minds, our souls. Rebuild in us a temple of worship where the enemy cannot stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone stand still, breathe, and just stand still and breathe. Neuroplasticity happens in the rest. It happens when you stand still, when you can observe and just breathe. 